Hi, I'm Elizabeth Noyce, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. Radio Rebirth, your source for current Supergirl comics that started with the DC Rebirth era, even though we at Supergirl Radio are way behind in reading them. Uh, <laughs> my name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are going to discuss and review Supergirl number 25, which was written by Mark Andreco and Dan Jurgens, with art penciled by Tom Derenick, Emanuela Lupacino. I always, uh, she's one of my favorite, uh, Artists and I always feel like a what? What if I mispronounce her name? <laughs> I feel so bad. Uh, Lan Medina, Jill Thompson, and Brad Walker. Inks by Andrew Hennessy, uh, Ray McCarthy, Lan Medina, Sean Parsons, and Jill Thompson's. Uh, Jill Thompson colors by FCO uh, Placencia or Placentia. I also feel like I'm gonna mispronounce that <laughs> as well. And Chris Sotomayor. So a lot of difficult names for me in that one, but all great artists and writers. So the description for this issue reads, quote, it's a supersized issue of Supergirl. Supergirl and Crypto go back to the scene of the crime, the ruins of Krypton. With Zinder hitchhi hitchhiking, Supergirl is not only there to find clues on who the killers of Krypton are, but to pay her respects to her dead family and friends for the first time since she left the planet. But a mysterious caretaker whose duty it is to protect Krypton's remnants at all costs attacks and won't let Kara through. As if that weren't enough, the Kryptonian powerhouse and her super-powered pooch are <laughs> stricken with radiation <laughs> poisoning from the dead planet and must also fight their inner demons. This anniversary issue also includes two backup stories. First, witness the thoughts and fears of Crypto as he is affected by the radiation poisoning from the wreckage of Krypton, a thing that I don't think happened in this issue, mm -hmm. but we will yeah. keep going with the description, uh, which finishes, uh, quote, then learn more about our hit new hitchhiker Zinder Cole as he scavenges a booby-trapped ruin in a remote corner of the galaxy in an off-the-wall space adventure, unquote. That was a long description. So this basically, Supergirl number 25 was... Uh, split up into basically three stories. So, Morgan, I guess we'll start talking about the first one. I guess that's the best way to break this up because it's a lot to cover. So the first one is basically, if you remember, it's been such a long time since we've covered uh, this run of Supergirl. I can't even remember when the last time it was. Oh, so long ago. So, so long ago. Uh, but Supergirl was in space. And that I remember. She was having space, space adventures with Crypto. I do recall that. Wasn't she with the Lanterns at some point? She she was. And she re she references, I don't know if you caught it, but she references Mogo, the sentient planet, yes. in the issue. 
my boy Mogo. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so this is post her visiting uh, Mogo, the sentient planet, and the Green Lanterns. Uh, so she's still in space. So, Morgan, what did you think about that first story with uh, Kara encountering uh, S- Splice? Is a new character to me. So, what did what did you think about all that? I definitely felt um, that we hadn't read this in so long <laughs> because I was like, "Why is she in space?" who is that green dude she's hanging out with? I don't remember that guy. Uh, uh, cool spaceship. It kind of looks like a fish. Love that. Um, what's happening? So, I mean, some of this might be the storytelling. Some of it is definitely on me. Uh, I was like, oh boy, I don't remember any of this. Um, but I, th- I thought it was kind of all over the place. I was struggling to remember like, what this uh what she was doing here and like why it was so important i remember that like somebody had told her that like basically there was like some sort of like kryptonian conspiracy about like why krypton really exploded and i was like okay um that (laughs) seems like a big change we're making in this comic book cool we're just gonna really uh, just undo the whole myth that's that's (laughs) neat i love that um there were zombies. That was fun. That was fun. Uh, why were there zombies? I don't know, really. <laughs> uh, if I had to describe this this it, this part of the issue, uh, it would be a big question mark <laughs> with a uh, with uh, next to it would be some zombies, and then next to them would be Splice, <laughs> a character I do not understand at all. <laughs> so uh, part of that I think uh, might be uh, related to the kryptonite-induced hallucinations. So this is going to be something I was going to ask you. So I'm, I, I'm, I've watched a lot of Superman stuff. I've read some Superman comics, but I'm no, by no means am I an expert in in the lore. This is the first time I've seen kryptonite cause hallucinations. This is the first time I have found out about it as well. It's okay. pro- it's it's probably just a, a storytelling need for this specific <laughs> issue. It's like it's like, oh, this specific space kryptonite really has me tripping. And I was like, <laughs> what? Am I I was like looking around like, did I miss something? What's happening here? No, I mean I guess it sort of makes sense because you know sometimes you can get hallucinations or something might mess with your head if like maybe if you're lightheaded maybe like a little low on oxygen yeah she was in a um she was in a space suit for this issue uh because they're in space and then there's like crypt- kryptonite in the atmosphere and she's like oh no i need to get in my space suit and it's like unf- i was really hoping it was going to be like the space suit that they have on the um on the show where like suddenly her face is covered and then i would be like is is the comic book character on Broadway too? <laughs> uh, but no, she was just in like a normal space outfit. Uh, the best part in the entire issue, and I'm counting the whole of all of them, all of the different stories, is when uh, Green Guy, who I don't remember who he is, so <laughs> Cinder Cole. Cinder Cole, yeah. He kind of looks like if Chris Pratt was green. Um, <laughs> and he has, he's like, puts the, uh, he, she's like, quick. Uh, crypto and crypto is like is really getting messed up and then he has to put on a little spacesuit yes. on crypto and it's like how is that not the focus of the issue <laughs> is, is my question it's like listen i'm not tell i'm not questioning 
your writing or your storytelling choices. I'm just saying, I'm just saying there's a dog in a spacesuit and it's not the main point and I don't understand anything anymore. <laughs> it seems like the thing that most people would be interested in. Right? I agree. I think crypto should have played a bigger part and in what now, was happening. I've got to be honest. After you read that description, I feel stolen from in some <laughs> very specific way because we were supposed to apparently get a whole story about crypto. We were going to witness the thoughts and fears of crypto. <laughs> uh, we were going to see crypto crypto tripping out on his, uh, on his what kryptonite. Is, what, is his, what is his kryptonite-induced hallucination like? <laughs> That's what I want to know. I want to get deep into the psyche of crypto. <laughs> and like, instead, I just got a uh, green Chris Pratt, like doing Indiana Jones. And I wasn't interested in that at all. If I'm being honest. <laughs> I wanted more of crypto. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Zinder Cole is a Kaluan. So he is in the same uh, species or uh, I don't I don't know if it's a race or a species or a group of people like a culture like Brainiac 5 and like Brainiac. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. So that, so that is why he is green. Uh, I would have forgotten that because uh, do you remember that? Uh, I can barely remember the last time Brainy was uh, a different color other than his own on uh, Supergirl. He's always he always shows up as a human. So I kind of forgot that he was green or blue or whatever the color they wanted to make him that week. <laughs> yeah, they don't uh, keep him the Kaluan green uh, very often. Um, and what I liked about the, and and I guess we'll get into the, uh, the second Indiana Jones story, but uh, they did a good job, I thought, in Supergirl number 25 of showing that Zinder Cole was a Kaluan and that he had robotic parts of him. And that's one of the things that I, I, I know it's budgetary reasons probably why the show doesn't depict brainy like that yeah. as much but i liked seeing like robotic arms and and things of that nature with uh this issue so i i like green chris pratt i think he's uh <laughs> if i had to confess i think he's an attractive uh comic book character i think uh green chris pratt is is a character that who is drawn very well and is drawn to be uh, uh likable and so I enjoy his presence. I sort of pretend he's Brainiac Five <laughs> to, to make him a little more interesting. But uh, but I like that he's he's helping Supergirl and Crypto out in space because he can because he doesn't get affected by Kryptonite. I appreciated how stressed he was about the dog being okay. Like there's one panel where it's like he puts the he puts the little helmet on Crypto's head, but Crypto is still like, Whoa. and uh, <laughs> and, and uh, he's like, oh, he's like, oh no, and he's like saying a prayer, and she's kind of like is everything okay? He's like, that was like the most stressful moment for me. Like, are you serious? And it's like, yeah, I mean, like there's a dog and he's, he's in a spacesuit, but he's maybe not okay. Yeah. Everything that's happening is stressful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, uh, he calls him one of his family's gods, uh, which is spelled P apostrophe L L C Y D. Uh, good luck on pronunci uh, pronounce, uh, pr on the pronunciation. I can't even say pronunciation. <laughs> Uh, Pilsid, maybe, is the way you say that? I wouldn't even know where to begin. <laughs> yeah, so that was an interesting little uh, tidbit from him. him. Uh, so I, I enjoy the, the Supergirl space adventures, uh, so this, this was at least somewhat exciting to me. Uh, I guess we should talk about Splice. So Morgan, if you were going to explain to someone who has not read the issue, but just listening to the podcast... How yeah, sure. how would you explain Splice, or can you even? How 
how would I, <laughs> how would I explain Splice? That's a good question. Um, how, how do you explain a character like Splice? <laughs> so Sp- Splice has a lot going on. Splice <laughs> is, is, um, is bright pink and black. She's really committed to that color scheme. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's got the face of a monster uh, who ate a vampire. <laughs> um, she's, uh, it looks like she has on like thigh high boots somehow. Somehow <laughs> Splice Splice's outfit is like kind of sexy, which I don't understand because again, she's got the face of a monster. She doesn't <laughs> even have a nose. She doesn't have a nose. She's got like fangs and yet somehow she seems to be wearing like a high cut bathing suit bottom. I don't know why. Uh, Splice is maybe a robot, maybe a alien. She can apparently um, change her weird little hand appendages like sometimes she's got like chicken feet hands oh so oh you went with chicken feet i was thinking like talons of some kind but definitely definitely bird yes yes she's bird like (laughs) she's like a like a bird maybe she's like the 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 all the way back dinosaur like as it becomes a bird like that's maybe slice's vibe but then sometimes her (laughs) hand could turn into what looks like i don't know like a brussels sprout but like scary um I don't really know what's going on with Splice, if I'm being honest. There's a lot happening with her. You know, it's interesting to me, if we were going to really get into the analysis of the story, is that, so there is a flashback to young Kara, which I really enjoyed, getting to see more of Kara and kind of what she was dealing with in her kryptonite-induced hallucinations. So I, I really enjoyed that. But in the story, young Kara is dealing with the death of a bird. So I don't, I don't know, is that, is that, is the writing trying to connect the death, like, am I reading into it too much that the death of the bird connects into Splice and her bird appendages? Because she's she has a flashback, uh, a kryptonite hallucination flashback of like this time with her family where she saw a dead bird and like learned about death, I guess, and then and then her family becomes zombies, so things get a little weird. <laughs> uh, but I think maybe the bird is representing splice and like i don't know what what splice's deal is but maybe splice is like kind of protecting like a dead world just like the dead i don't know i can't quite make the connection but there is birds everywhere (laughs) well i think in the in the panels though doesn't don't the zombies of her parents turn into splice do they turn wait hold on i have to go back yeah and i do too I see the zombies of her parents are getting more and more zombie-like. And then she kind of, like, pushes them off. And you're right, yes. And then it becomes Splice. Yeah. So, so that's, think that that's the where birds, the bird comes in. Yeah, exactly. She saw those weird chicken feet. And she was like, <laughs> that reminds me of that one time I fa- I saw that bird on Krypton. Uh, it, looked, it looked a lot like an Earth bird. Uh, which is weird that we would both have those same species, but don't <laughs> think about it too hard. Just go with it. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so Splice was interesting. Splice is supposed to be the caretaker of Krypton. She didn't do a very good job. She uh, she dropped the ball, I think, uh, because <laughs> Krypton is no more. Uh, but she is in the location of where Krypton basically used to be, is what the story says. Um, and Splice is definitely a her. Kara believes that she is a her. Uh, she's definitely drawn like a her, so that's yeah, that's yes. why they refer to her as that. <laughs> um, so she appears to be w- uh, wearing a uh, a bodysuit 
with giant uh like shoulder pads like it's you know it's she's throwing it back to the 80s it's like she's in a jane fonda movie but she's also in a power suit it's very confusing yeah splice is definitely uh, an interesting character and i think a new character i'll have to actually let me look that up because i didn't I, <laughs> I actually didn't look to see if splice yeah, had been up either <laughs> Uh, has Splice been around before or just introduced in this issue? Because this this felt like a new character to me. Uh, let's see. Debuted in February 2019. So that must have, yeah, Supergirl Volume 7, number 25. So this is the first appearance of Splice. Uh, ah. <laughs> so if you ever see Splice, S-P-L-Y-C-E, if you ever see Splice in the future, this was the first appearance of Splice. So uh, now, I mean, maybe maybe Splice should show up in the show. I'm just saying, like, if we want to go crazy, uh, see how you can work that into a live action TV show. Uh, I would love to see how they can make that happen. Listen, I would be down for Splice. I don't. I think <laughs> that she would show up in her in her 80s power suit, bodysuit um, vibe, like the first episode. And she'd be like, cool, hi, I'm Splice. But because <laughs> I'm so terrifying, I actually have to always be in my human form. Mm. And, then, and, then, and then you would never see her like that again. <laughs> but you would get hints of maybe like her her chicken feet. Exactly. Uh, her chicken feet would just show up. <laughs> oh, okay, so I'm pitching this. It's <laughs> probably not a great idea. But I know we've had Laura Vanderhort on the show <gasps> before. But who... Who in this whole wide world of Hollywood uh, has better hand acting than her? And who could really put life into those chicken feet? <laughs> and if you want to go back to the beginning, like in all good final TV shows that go back to the beginning in the final season, they could bring Indigo back. But then she because uh, Splice is a shapeshifter. So I don't see why you couldn't make that happen. Yeah. I totally. I think we uh we just uh wrote an episode of the show in the final season. I think we I think we cracked this one. <laughs> we <laughs> uh you're welcome. Free idea. Okay, so there was one character in this story that I didn't understand because there was absolutely no explanation and it never went back to anything. And maybe it's coming in future future episode in episodes in future issues of this run of Supergirl, but it sort of ends with the introduction of a character named Harry Hokum, who is the czar of the Citadel. Yeah. Uh, so uh, apparently he's connected to Splice. Splice he refers to as his pet. Uh, so Supergirl ends up with this <laughs> this guy named Harry Hokum, which sounds like a terrible comic book name. <laughs> uh, so he uh, he brings Supergirl and Splice to the Vega system, uh, almost the end of the universe, I think is what it says. <laughs> so that's at least a good cliffhanger. I'm very interested in what Harry Hokum's deal is. Uh <laughs> Because that seems like a, uh, it's just a dumb name to me. I love, I love the name. I think it's great. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's very over the top. But sure, he's at the almost at the end of the universe. So why not? Why not go big with your name? I guess it just, it just seems like a like a character name from like a nineteen seventies sitcom. Like it really, he does. he could appear on Welcome Back, Cotter, and I think he would fit right. In. <laughs> <laughs> this this is a uh, this is Harry Holcomb over here. Uh, I had a question about um, Carr's memories of her father. So he is like showing her this like like world thing, and it's got like this uh, very fancy gold <laughs> uh, kind of frame, world frame, I guess. And he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna show you're the first person I have shown this breakthrough. You should be honored." And she was like, 
was my dad always a jerk? Which I thought was funny. Um, because I guess, yeah, probably. And he, so he's like, this device can restart a planet's core. And then she kind of goes like, wait, did my dad blow up Krypton? And do you think her dad blew up Krypton? <laughs> I sure hope not. But it's weird because if... I don't know if this is still connected to those very early issues that we read of Rebirth. So I've got some questions about that, too. <laughs> yeah, so Zarel turned into Cyborg Superman and all that stuff, and he was a bad guy, and he was, like, trying to, like, resurrect dead bodies and all that kind of stuff. Because she seems surprised, right? <laughs> so she seems... So this is... I have a lot of questions, and I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, but she seems surprised at the idea that her dad might be a little condescending, <laughs> which is funny considering that like earlier in the run, her dad tried to like take over the world. Her like her dead zombified dad, uh, who was a, a cyborg, tried to take over the world. And now she's like, you know what? Dad just got a tone with me. <laughs> it's like, yeah, your dad just tried to kill you like a couple issues ago. <laughs> they did have uh, quite the fight in those early issues. So it, it is strange that she would be surprised that maybe her dad had a little maybe a little bit of a dark side so i was gonna bring this up a little bit later but i think we have left the continuity of the first part of <gasps> eliza's right hand because eliza has a hand yes i, yeah. I noticed it eliza too two hands she walks in the door she's got christmas presents in both hands <laughs> and i went what <laughs> so i i feel like if you're gonna continue on with the title right like it should continue on with the same sort of structure and setup of before but it feels like once the first creative team left the book this new creative team was like oh yeah i don't i don't feel like reading like they did like a bunch of issues and i'm not gonna read them <laughs> Just gotta do my own thing. I'm gonna give everyone two hands, and we're just gonna <laughs> we're just gonna go for it. And it's like, what? What happened? It's like they threw. They got to the middle of this run, threw out everything from the first part, and just like are now doing their own thing, which would be, I guess, would be fine if they like restarted it as its own thing. But I think, to me, this is one of the reasons why I feel like people say that comic books are kind of confusing and inaccessible because you're reading the same continuous run but at some point in the middle randomly it's a whole new story part of me likes that you could if you didn't like that story like i didn't i wasn't crazy about the cyborg superman so then then oh. we kind of then we kind of went into like director bones kryptonian werewolves and that was kind of interesting and now we're into like supergirl in space and that's kind of interesting so I like that, like, you can do different things, but you're right. I mean, we're only 25 issues, which to <laughs> me is not a lot. No, Into, really into this. And now Eliza has both hands, and it's like, what is happening? Like, you you made that huge change where you took one of her hands, <laughs> and now that's just gone out the window. So it is very strange. I did notice it myself. <laughs> yeah, it just, it seems to me like you can, like, take the story in different directions, but to just like change what was previously set up, it like it just seems strange. Like they set a bunch of stuff up and then they just kind of ignore. Like we haven't seen her friend Ben. Oh yeah, ages. where did he go? 
the the Catco stuff where they were having the Catco internships, they just threw that out the window. And it's like, I'm not saying that we have to continue on with those stories all the time, but like getting a, me- a mention so that you know that they're still existing at this in the same world. It feels very much like it just hard reset in the middle and, and like, and, and like our post-crisis post-Amide universe, <laughs> anything is possible now. <laughs> well, I think if I remember correctly, and I'll have to go and look this up later, but I think the Ben stuff like came, came to a really big place in issue 18 or something like that. And yeah. that, that was not that long ago before this issue. And they were like an item, like a romantic yes. pairing. And now all of a sudden she's in space with green Chris Pratt and it seems like that's supposed to develop, and I'm not opposed to that developing into a thing, because uh, again, I think he's a well-drawn character, and so I would not be opposed to uh, Supergirl and Green Chris Pratt hooking up, but it's one of those things where it does kind of fall away from the continuity, and and the thing about the, the father, about Zorel, that that is a big deal, to, uh, but also it's Kryptonian, it's Kryptonite uh, uh, induced hallucinations. So anything goes, I guess, on that. Uh, so, <laughs> so who knows? Yeah, it was it was very confusing. I was just a little put off. I was like, I don't listen. I don't remember the. I don't remember these comics much at all. I'll be honest, because it's been so long since we've read them, and I didn't like super enjoy them when we were reading them the first time. Um, but I remember enough to be like, this all feels very different. <laughs> yes, there's no uh, turret golden X in here. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, if only, if only there was. I, I, for some reason, I'm nostalgic uh, for turret golden X. Um, so I think where this is leading, we're we're being interested introduced to Harry Hokum, who I think is associated with the Omega Men, which is, I believe, a superhero, uh, like, a team. I don't know much about the Omega Men, but I think they're heroes. I don't think they're bad guys. I, I think they're heroes. And so I'm interested to seeing uh, how this develops into things. Maybe Supergirl's going to have interactions with the Omega Men. I'd be open to that. So I don't know if Harry Hokum is going to lead us into that next part of the story. So that was kind of that first story. So let's get into the second story, which was, to me, as I read it, was a standalone, like almost a, it, it felt, well, I don't know, was it a, was it a backstory of Zender Cole? Or was it still, was he trying to find something to help find Supergirl? Where, where do you think this uh, played in the time? Well, I didn't see my boy Crypto in his sweet little, um, in his sweet little um, spacesuit and helmet and spacesuit. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like this is like the backstory of Zinder Cole. And he's like, he's like Indiana Jonesing it on this island. And his his hand kind of gives out on him and he doesn't get this flower. But then instead he meets these weird um, people who are speaking some sort of language. He, well, he, oh, he finds something. It's are, are you talking about the Kryptonese that's in there? Oh, as I say, he finds something that has shows something from Krypton. Uh, and it's like this woman and she's like pretty distressed and then she gets killed in front of him there was some kryptonese and i was curious if you had uh translated it yeah so on page 24 uh someone says this is a distress signal we need immediate assistance from anyone who can hear this message and on page 25 uh they say i am and i think this is correct rela uh, revelator r-e-v-e-l-l-i-t-i-o 
T-O-R. I think that's just somebody's name, maybe, Revelator of the Kryptonian Outpost on IDIG Prime. We are under attack. Please, they are butchering us. And uh, so that's kind of the uh, distress signal that goes out. So uh, they're definitely uh, uh, Kryptonian people in trouble. Yeah, and that, but then he encounters what looks like a like a bunch of people with like either a lot of hair, like a lot of hair, and then no hair. Also, it's very <laughs> they're like all they're all bald, but they have like really majestic beards, maybe. And also, it looks like their legs are really hairy. I don't really understand what's going on with them but they seem to be speaking some sort of crazy language oh yeah i don't know that language i don't know what that one was yeah uh, i can't translate that one it it seems like he's maybe they're maybe shooting at him with kryptonese weapons i was kind of unclear on that yeah there's like bows and arrows and like laser guns of some kind maybe and there's one guy back there who has like i don't know how many abs that's weird to me. Um, but there is a lot of hair. Looks like a lot of, like, f- fur. So much hair. So much hair. Um, so, yeah, he does get attacked. Um, and I don't know. It's it, it se- I guess it is a backstory of just Zender Cole and his adventures. Um, but he does seem to um, want to impress his mother, I think. So uh, there is that end of the story. Um, I... I thought it was a good read. The art was pretty good. It was a little bit confusing, but uh, I liked the idea of having a little bit of a standalone story in here uh, to help us at least get to know Zender a little bit better. So uh, I'm I'm starting to become a fan of the Zender Cole character, but I'm I'm not exactly there yet. But I kind of I sort of like him. So we'll we'll see where that goes. Yeah, I, I want to know more. I want to know more about his backstory. Definitely. So I guess that will lead us into the third story, which uh, we must be really behind in reading this one because it's a Christmas <laughs> I story. So hard when I saw the Christmas tree, and I was like, "Oh God, we're like pretty soon we're going to be coming up on this for this year." Now that I think about it, we should have waited for this uh, to be a Christmas episode, but we've got a uh, Katie McGrath. Uh, uh, cheesy Christmas movies to review. So oh, this I'm so excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> so this will this will be um sort of Christmas in late September, <laughs> I suppose, while we're doing this. But yeah, so this was a Christmas Supergirl story, which I was I was glad to see that it was a Supergirl centric uh, story set during the uh, the Christmas time. So Morgan, what did you think about this one? I like this one. I think out of all of the stories, um, this one was kind of my favorite. Um. I don't always love like the big spacey stuff unless it's like a little bit more grounded. So I do like when we see Supergirl a little bit more grounded in like her day to day. And I thought that the story was really cute how um, she (laughs) she gets back from a terrible fight where she's like covered in gloop (laughs) and uh, and is like super mad about it. And I was like that like to me, she kind of felt like a more like a teenager here than she's felt in a lot of issues because she apparently she is a teenager in this run and i think it's really easy to forget that yeah because she doesn't always act like one but here she's like shut up mom and dad i'm so mad (laughs) i'm gonna go upstairs and everything and my life is over i'm covered in gloop um And I I liked that. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought that was really funny. And then when she like discovers that Eliza gave away 
her boots and she's like, my life is over. (laughs) (laughs) Eliza's like, you can get new boots. And she's like, no, it was like my stuffed animal, my purring stuffed animal from Krypton. (laughs) I thought that was such a cute idea. And like when, when they asked like, well, why did you hide it in the box? And she's like, Oh, I'm like so old. I can't have a purring stuffed animal from Krypton. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, it felt, she felt like such a teenager here, which I really like, I really appreciate it. Cause again, it's like for me, at least when I'm reading these, it's so easy to kind of imagine like the Melissa Benoist Supergirl and not like what she's supposed to be, which is like a teenager in, in this, um, in this version of the story. And so I love the story of her like going to try to steal back her (laughs) her story. I like that the Eliza and uh, Jeremiah had to like justify it for uh, for her. They're like, just this once, breaking and entering is cool. (laughs) Breaking and entering into an orphanage. That's fine. (laughs) You're chill. Uh, But she finds like a little girl has has started to has gotten that toy of hers and, and loves it now. And so um, instead she ends up making it snow for all the little kids so that they're happy uh, because it's Christmas. And I thought that was really sweet. I thought that this whole story was really cute and it's like a good, good example of Supergirl being super without, you know, having to fight something or throw something around or have kryptonite hallucinations or whatever. Like, it was just a, like a smaller, more grounded story. And I really appreciated that. Yeah, it was it was more of a character study of Supergirl and learning more about her backstory and where she was before she came to Earth and how that affected her and, and plays into her trying to stay connected to Krypton a little bit through this little cute little uh they call it the the plurot i guess is how you say that <laughs> um but it is sort of like a, a stuffed animal that apparently purrs and and is warm so i i guess that's probably nice and i i imagine minvale orphanage um is uh maybe maybe cold at night i don't know why i think that i i, I just kind of imagine midvale orphanage is uh sort of you know a place where a warm stuffed animal is probably very nice so I, I enjoyed this story probably the most as well. Uh, and it's no surprise because it's written by J- Dan Jurgens, who is one of my favorite Superman writers. I wish he would w- write more Supergirl. He, he is a good comic book writer, and I think he understands these characters really well. And I've also heard him talk about, like, the Zack Snyder Superman. And I'm like, he gets it. This dude gets it. He's not one of those... Um, I hate to say this, but I the comic book creators that I see on Twitter sometimes just they screech on Twitter and it it drives me crazy because they they don't respect other people's takes on the characters. But Dan Jurgens has always been really open minded about, you know, uh, allowing for people to have a different interpretation. And I think it just it comes across in his writing that he's he understands who these these characters are and what they're supposed to be. And I just, I love Dan Jurgen so much. And so I'm not surprised that he would write a story that really, um, it wasn't complicated. It was a very simple no. story that uh, Kara loses this Kryptonian thing that she loved as a little girl. And she runs into this little girl named Rosa who loves it too. And it's a really, really simple story, but it says so much about Kara and her past and how she's trying to move forward with her life. 
and uh, how she, like you said, how she is able to be super without using, I mean, she uses her super connections uh, with a character named Ice to make it snow for the children. Now, have you seen this character Ice before? Because I was like, I don't know who this person is. I never have either. Uh, so, <laughs> but but there's a lot of Ice characters, Captain Cold, Killer Frost. Yeah. So I'm not really, uh, you know, uh, Mr. Freeze. There's a lot of Ice characters in DC Comics. I'm not surprised that there is a character uh, uh, on the nose named Ice. <laughs> uh, that seems a uh, really shortcut to to really nailing it on the head for a cold character. But uh, but she she uses her superpowered connections to make this happen. But she does it in a way that she doesn't have to use her own superpowers to do it. So I thought it was a really sweet story, and uh, it had connections to Midvale Orphanage, which of course in the Silver Age is where Linda Danvers uh, spends most of her time. She uh, she is in Mid- Midvale Orphanage quite a bit until she does get adopted. So I thought it was a really really sweet story, and I <laughs> I was like oh. Christmas. That's uh, coming up surprisingly soon. <laughs> I know. I I thought the same thing where I was like, oh, no, Christmas. <laughs> like, Pretty soon we're going to be decorating and things. Oh, my God. The year has gone so slow yet so fast. So fast. Uh, so, yeah. So it was a it was a three stories that were pretty different uh, as standalones. For, well, one of them is kind of the first one was more of an overarching uh, storyline that's continuing, but I think the the last two I think were more standalone-ish. Uh, so it was um, it was a lot of pages, but I thought it was at least I could read it pretty quickly. Like it didn't make I didn't have to spend a lot of time on it because it read uh, fairly well. So I, I thought it was an interesting way to put those three stories together. Yeah, I agree. I like I had some questions, but not as many as I would have thought. I, <laughs> I, sometimes when I'm reading a uh, rebirth, I have to like pause and go like, wait, what? Did I read that correctly? <laughs> like go back and be like, does Eliza have a hand? And like <laughs> this one, I felt like I just kind of rolled with it. It was, uh, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. I, th- I thought it was an, an easy read. Uh, so that was good. All right. So uh, let's talk about the art real quick. Uh, in any of these three stories, did you have any panels that stuck out to you? Um, in the first one, I really liked the the panel where they're going back to, I guess, what's left of Krypton, and it shows in her mask, in not her mask. <laughs> I can't remember the word helmet. <laughs> it shows on, on her helmet, like you can see the pieces of the planet flying around yeah. and like awesome face. I thought that was really beautifully done and so cool with the effects and the way that they did that. Um, Obviously, when Crypto gets his little helmet on, too, (laughs) that was an important moment for me. That was a moment (laughs) that I'll never forget. (laughs) Yeah, I would agree. That first story uh, made a lot of good use of the reflections in Kara's helmet and I especially liked seeing all the the use of gr- green of the kryptonite and 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 the krypton shards uh, to to really see that devastation for Kara to actually witness uh, the the remaining I guess parts of of krypton. So I thought that that was really cool. Anytime they use the uh, reflections in the helmet, I thought was was really great. Uh, I did laugh on page eleven. There is a ginormous uh, statue of, uh, I guess, <laughs> yeah. Zorel just floating in the uh, in the in the air of space. What was going on on Krypton? 
It seems like a weird place. Kryptonian culture typically does have big statues of uh, their great leaders or their family, like in the Fortress of Solitude. We've even seen it on the Supergirl TV series that in the Fortress, uh, there is a big statue or two big statues of Jor-El and Laura. I like that the head is, is is way bigger than like her, her whole body. <laughs> like how big, the, like if you think about the like if you think about how big this statue must have been it's actually terrifying it's like (laughs) probably out in the like the atmosphere (laughs) you couldn't even see his head because it was like amongst the clouds (laughs) (laughs) it is a ginormous head that is for sure uh the one thing i was uh, confused about uh on page 19 there's a panel where there's Okay, so it's normal in the sense that, like, you can see something coming out of Kara's eyes that sort of look like heat vision. But then there's fire that's coming out of her mouth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do we know yeah, why I did that have is? Questions about that. Um, is this the first? Is this the first time we've seen her spit fire? <laughs> <laughs> I, I know uh, Bizarro Girl has, I believe, uh, heat breath. It's like the it's the reverse of Supergirl. So instead of having heat vision, there's heat breath, and then the mm. the 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 does she have like ice vision? Yeah, I think it's the, it's the reverse of that. So I don't know. That was that's weird. I don't I don't know why that is drawn like that. I have a lot of questions. Um, so that was the only thing I was like, what is what is that? Uh, but there was some some pretty art. I'm 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 assuming that all the really good stuff is uh, Emanuela uh, Lupacino because I love her stuff so much, and I hope she continues drawing more uh, Supergirl stories because all the Supergirl stuff I've ever seen her do is is really wonderful. Yeah, she does great stuff. I also now that I'm like towards the end of the like the beginning like the first story, I I just want to say how much I love um what was his name I'm, I was just gonna call him Green Chris Pratt again uh <laughs> Zinder Cole yeah. I love how Zinder Cole is so chill when she disappears uh like Crypto's kind of worried like Crypto's like what's up right and and he's like I don't know dude I don't know but like she's got a tracker so it's all cool. i was like all right you're you're pretty you're pretty chill about this whole thing huh you're just pretty laid back about her disappearing out of nowhere after she spit fire apparently (laughs) a thing she can't do (laughs) i guess he's very confident in the fact that he'll be able to track her down and find her you know what she's got it covered (laughs) why don't we just take a nap and then go find her <laughs> we'll have to see what his deal is, I guess, in the next issue. But uh, I, I guess he's he's going to be going to look for. Her, I guess is is what's going to be happening. He and uh, Crypto, I guess, are going to be looking for Supergirl. So uh, I guess we will pick up with uh, Harry Holcomb and uh, possibly the Omega Men. So we'll have to see what happens <laughs> in uh, Supergirl number twenty six the next time around. Well, uh, I guess that's it. Do you have any overall thoughts? Uh, did you like this or did you not like? Uh, Supergirl number 25 and these three stories uh, that we read. I enjoyed it. I I have to say, I do kind of wish that the stories, the three stories had some kind of through line mm. or some kind of theme that connected them in some way. Uh, it felt very choppy reading it. It was like, okay, well, we're reading the, you know, we're reading the continuation of the story. And then, okay, now I guess uh, Zinder. Cole is doing something and now Kara is really mad because her because Eliza gave away her favorite boots and also her favorite stuff at all. <laughs> uh but it was um it was just 
I liked all of the stories. Like I enjoyed reading them. I had a fun time, but it, they just felt so choppy, like so choppy. And from and even from one to the next where you're like, Whoa, it's Christmas now. What? We were just in space. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I feel like I wish that they had, you know, taken whatever the themes were in the ongoing story and then kind of use those to, tied together the like the one shots in a way that made more sense and made it feel like a little bit more seamless to read like even though they're all you know one shot story or two of them were one shot stories they could have been a, like at least thematically tied to to together in some way but uh other other than that I did enjoy it I just kind of wish that it had read a little bit less choppy yeah, I think that's a fair critique. And and the third one, I think, could have connected to the first one in that it was going back into Kara's past and exploring uh, the relationship of maybe her family a mm-hmm. little bit and her past on Krypton. Like those, the first story and the third story, I could maybe I could maybe reach for that connection. But the the one in the middle with uh, Green Chris Pratt. It it was it was a little harder to connect the dots. So I think that that to me as a reader, I think you make a good point that that if it had connected all those stories and in, in some under some kind of umbrella, I think that would have been a better better read. All right, well, I think that's going to do it for our thoughts on Supergirl number twenty five. If you've already picked up this issue, make sure to give it a rating in Comicsology or your DC Comics app. And if you haven't bought it yet, Supergirl number twenty five is available in the DC comics app the comiXology app as well as comiXology.com google play the nook store amazon and at readdcentertainment.com and if you would like to contact supergirl radio you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com you can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com if you'd like to leave us a voicemail you can call us at 678-718-7252 and make sure to write and call in before tuesdays at 6 30 p.m eastern uh, you can like us on Facebook and follow us on on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Google Play, iHeartRadio, and Spotify, where we also have a Spotify playlist that makes us a literal Supergirl Radio that includes the mm-hmm. music featured on and inspired by the show. We're also on Radio Public and Podchaser and DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. We're also available on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher Radio, so if you have some time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review. And if you think that's a lot of information to digest, I totally understand understand uh but you can just go to supergirlradio.com on the right side of the page and you you can find uh all the links to everything i just mentioned and now uh to morgan's great uh (laughs) pleasure we're gonna throw uh, throw it over to legendary amy from the legends of tomorrow podcast for the dc tv plugs supergirl radio is part of the dc tv podcast network so if you're interested in the flash black lightning legends of tomorrow batwoman titans stargirl green lantern strange adventures and the upcoming superman and lois series or dc tv after dark make sure to follow dc tv podcasts on social media and subscribe to the podcast mega feed if you want all those podcasts in one place and you can follow me on instagram at the derby kid if you'd like to see some video projects i've shot and edited uh that i've been working on for my uh my day job you can check out the virtual moundville native american festival which is going on october 5th through the 10th so if you listen to this uh, before then definitely check it out uh you can pay a ten dollar admission fee to check uh all of the uh videos behind what we're calling the paywall 
which is a lot of cool stuff. You get a lot of stuff for $10. So if you want to support um, a really uh, special place, uh, it's, a, it's a Native American mound site, Moundville. It's a, it's a, a place that's been around since, oh gosh, uh, the Mississippian time period, which is probably like a thousand years ago. So it's a very, Whoa. very old place that has a lot of really interesting history. So if you want to learn about that, uh, you can go head over to festival.museums.ua.edu slash buy dash tickets. And uh, you can see some of the stuff I've been working on. It's going to be really cool, so you should definitely <laughs> check it out. Thanks for the plug. Uh, Rebecca has been working very hard, so <laughs> we're, we're going to get you. We're going to sell you some tickets. Everyone buy tickets. <laughs> Please. <laughs> um, you can also find me uh, at on Twitter and Instagram at Mojotastic. Uh, you can find me on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast, uh, where we have a plan <laughs> for October <laughs> and Good. it's ambitious. Um, so I'm concerned about us. Uh, <laughs> we don't usually do ambitious plans. That's the thing. We usually do laid back chill plans that we push a bunch of times. Uh, but but our, our plan for October is something we've been affectionately calling spooky swap, Ooh. which is that we're all giving each other something spooky to watch. Uh, and then we're going to talk about them. So I think we're going to do a couple of spooky Spooky pilot pods where we talk about the first episode of spooky TV shows like The Haunting of Hill House and The Following. And then Kat has us watching like a legit horror movie. Well, legit-ish. It's Scream. So it's a it's a it's a humorous horror movie. Uh, but one of one of the one of the greats. Scream. Scream is legit. It has a it a, a lot of horror moments and it. it's it's sort of a parody of the original Halloween movies. Um, but they're scary. So I, I would call them legit. That the, the Scream movies, I, I've seen one through three a lot. The four I saw once, but I laughed my butt off at it. I, I don't know that I've ever seen Scream 4. I, I know that I was, um I rewatched Scream a couple years ago because um it got covered on a podcast. I think it was uh, Head Cannon. It's the podcast that the bros who watch PLL2 uh, do. Plug. Um, <laughs> but, but, uh, uh, I, I listened to their their podcast about how much they loved Scream, and I was like, "Oh man, you know it's been so long since I've seen it. I should really rewatch it." And it, it's it really holds up. It's such a good movie, and especially if you like horror movies, the way that it sort of plays with like the genre conventions of the horror movie are are so like funny and clever. So I'm I'm looking forward to uh, I'm looking forward to all of these spooky. Spooky things that we have in store for October. I'm 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 praying and hoping that we <laughs> we figure out a schedule <laughs> that works for us and that we don't. That's the scariest part of it all. It is the scariest part <laughs> is that we might have to uh, sk- stick to a schedule to do it all. But uh, <laughs> we are we are committed. We are gonna we're gonna see it through. Uh, and then you can also find me uh, as a co-host on DC TV After Dark, uh, which, uh, funnily enough, talking about schedules, we recorded the episode like a week and a half ago, and we just haven't gotten around to posting it. <laughs> but maybe while you're at the time that you're listening to this, it might be posted. I'm not making. <laughs> a guarantee i would never do that to you (laughs) but it could be it it could be posted and the best way to find out because we don't adhere to you know space and time and schedules is to just is just just to subscribe to the podcast because then it'll just pop up and you'll be like cool there it is you don't have to worry about it it'll just it'll just be there to worry you don't have to worry there it is All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this episode of Supergirl Radio. And uh, thank you for joining us as we catch up on Supergirl Comics. <laughs>